0: Oh, What is up? Welcome to Bringing the Backups. I'm your host, Eric Helwig. On the show today, we're talking quarterback Danny Werfel, Gators, Saints, Redskins. Uh, was there anybody else? I think those are the teams he played for. <laughs> Danny Werfel's uh, going to be chatted about on the show. I'm interviewing comedian Brad Stoll, and my friend Tony Tucker drops in for a quick pre-planned bit. Very quickly, I want to tell you where to find those people. Tony Tucker is on the Warzone Sports Network on YouTube where he hosts a live show Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Check it out. And then Brad, you can find him at Damn it Brad on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Also Chef Asshole on Instagram and Twitter. Very funny comedian, good friend of mine. An awesome interview. If you want to see me, I've got the KO Comedy Show coming up on June 13th. You can get tickets at EricHelwig.com. It is a virtual show, which means you can see it from anywhere in the world. From anywhere in the world, you can jerk off while I'm doing comedy and nobody will know if you turn your video off. And then I've been accepted into another comedy festival, the North Carolina Comedy Festival. Dates announced September 9th and September 11th. I don't have ticket information yet, but if you are in the North Carolina area, go to erichelwig.com. Feel free to even drop me a line, erichelwigcomedy at Gmail. Let me know you want to see a show. I will keep you in mind when tickets start becoming available. That'd be fun. I'd love to plan like another little mini North Carolina tour the same way I did a mini Ohio tour when I was in a comedy festival in Akron. So that's it guys. Uh, We're very excited for the show. It was an awesome interview with Brad. I ramble a lot. I, I say a phrase in this show that I'm truly ashamed of and I do think it's cancelable. And. Here's the thing. I know that that gets thrown around a lot, and it's kind of like a hack thing to say at this point, but I think you should get canceled for saying things that are just so revolting that, like, you yourself have, like, a, a physical reaction to it. And, you know, I'm not going to tell you now, but if you just listen, you'll hear me say it. I guess this is a promo to keep listening to the show. Like I said, I'm not going to edit it at this point. It's too early. It's too close to the time I have to release the episode. So you're going to hear it. This one's a little rough, so enjoy the show. Thank you for being a part. Don't forget to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, and let's get into it right now. This is Bringing the Backups with Eric Helwig. Oh, yeah. Let's start the show. Are the levels right? Get ready, man. Bring in the backups. We are here in my new home in North Hollywood, California. That's right. I moved. I live. I don't know if you guys know this, but I live. I am married to the guest from episode 19, Liz Galales. Did we mention that in the last episode? So we moved into our own place out here in North Hollywood, and, uh, holy shit, have I gotten a lesson in what it means to be a homeowner. My God, has anybody here ever had a contractor before? Wow. Man, words, words and dates do not mean anything to someone when they're putting a hole in your wall, right? will be done by Tuesday is a suggestion at best. Holy shit, it has been insane trying to get set up here in the new place. Hopefully my voice isn't too echoey. Echo! Echo! It's probably pretty echoey. I've got neighbors on both sides now, so hopefully that'll be something to, you know, you guys can hear some loud knocking. I got in trouble because we had some work done in the house, and I, I had the worker started up a brisk 8 a.m. on a Sunday. But listen, that's only because the contractor said they'd be done by Friday, and we were moving in on Sunday. And then I came in on Friday night, contractors have not been to the house. So I had to hire a different contractor to finish the work of the first contractor. And so they came in at eight o'clock because we had to be in the house by noon because that's when our movers were coming. It was cra- It was crazy. It's been crazy. But you know what? That nonsense is done. And I've got a big show. We've got a big show. To, to take your mind off your ills and my mind off of the ills of trying to get day labor workers in North Hollywood to finish building the home that I'm living in. Oh man, I'm not enough of a man to do it myself. So I have to hire other people and then stand over them and be like, is that where, is that where that board goes? You know, I get to like Google sub flooring five seconds before I start calling people to do it and then act like I know something. The one thing I'm good at doing is like negotiating down on price for stuff. I was good at that part when it was like I got to hire someone to do the subflooring. I got to hire someone to put in the carpet. I can do that when it comes to telling if they're doing good, a good job or not. It's just like cross my fingers, pray to the God I don't believe in and then take it from there. And speaking of the guy I don't believe in, Danny Werfel is our quarterback for this episode. A very religious man, Danny Werfel. You know, we'll get into him after our first break, but he is a religious dude. Listen to his, if you just go to his website, DannyWerfel.com, it goes, Danny Werfel, period. Service, period. Influence, period. Heisman winner, period. Community leader, period. Christian, period. Husband, period. Father, period. You're only supposed to do three things, Danny. Okay, have have you ever seen a Twitter bio? You go, uh, husband, father, taco lover, like some hack, stupid thing that makes people think that you're original, but you're not because everybody does it. But you don't get to have 13 single words and then a period. That's not how you do it. You gotta get Danny Werfel here on the show. (laughs) someone. I I actually I do have a couple leads on possible athletes for the show, but I'll get into that a little bit later. But yeah, like I said, Danny Werfel is our quarterback for the episode. So we should get some Gator fans in here. Chomp, chomp. Gator bait. Are we allowed to say that anymore? I don't I don't know what what gets something gets something gets taken every week. I think Gator bait is now gone, but I know that was a hashtag that was popular with you guys. But yeah, we got the Florida Gators. Obviously, we were going to talk about Danny Werfel's success there. Drafted by the Saints, we could talk a little about his career with the Saints. Talk about what the man did in the with the Rhine Fire, winning the World Cup in in two thousand. That was not too bad. A couple practice squad teams, and then he comes back. Steve Spurrier hooks up his boy. He gets the Tebow treatment. He was he was Tebow before Tebow. Heisman Trophy winner. Florida legend. He re- he really is T- very Christian. He really is Tebow before Tebow. I mean, man, I just realized that. I, that's the, that should be that should be the title of this episode. Is Danny Werfel stole Tim Tebow and put new skin? No, that doesn't make sense because he came first. This is dumb. But what, the point is, is he is like Tim Tebow. All right. So we're talking Danny Werfel on this show, and then we're going to be interviewing uh, Brad Stoll. You might know him as Chef Asshole. Uh, Very popular on Twitter. He actually is. I think he's got like a half a million people following him on Twitter now with this Chef Asshole stuff. I liked Chef Asshole when he was just making videos on YouTube. I'll link to all this stuff, by the way, in the show notes. And if you're on YouTube, if you just scroll down into whatever the notes are beneath the, the video. But Brad's a hilarious comedian, a friend of mine from New York, so we're excited to talk to him a little bit later. But, yeah, you know what it is. For the next five or ten minutes, I'm going to complain about my life. That's what I do. These contractors are fucking me over. And, you know, the only person of all the people I had to hire, okay, the contractors had to hire cleaners, had to hire locksmiths, blah, 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 blah. The only person that delivered was the guy I hired on TaskRabbit like two hours before I needed him to come clean my old apartment that we moved out of can't remember the dude's name now, but I just went on TaskRabbit. He was available, booked him. Ten minutes later, he texts me. I'm on the way there. Comes over, cleans the shit out of my apartment. Two hours. I tipped him like 50 bucks. I was like, dude, this is amazing. After every single person I've hired has been late, forgot to make the appointment, brought in the wrong people. Oh, this doesn't match the thing. What? Blah, blah. Everybody's got an excuse for the job to go longer than it's supposed to, except for the people on TaskRabbit. I've used TaskRabbit twice. Once when I punched a hole in the wall when when somebody stole my fucking Twitter account, probably one of the fucking listeners on this show. I got a guy from TaskRabbit to come over and plaster over the wall because, you know, I didn't want to because it was, like, emotional to look at the hole that I punched as a 35-year-old man. Also, my hand hurt. And then I got this guy to come clean the apartment. TaskRabbit is always, like, the, oh, fuck, it actually needs to get done, and then it gets done. I should just hire TaskRabbit for everything. I should have gone on TaskRabbit and been like, moving into a new place, uh, build the house. The only reason we could buy a place is because we bought a place that needed a shit ton of work. So we closed on this house a long time ago. Condo, it's not a house. And we bought in right at like the bottom of the Los Angeles market for what you can afford to get a house. You know, we're not rolling in it. But we bought low. But we could afford because we've got a place that's nice, but like needed. It's nice in that it's big, but it needed a lot. <laughs> there was a lot of like offers on this place that like people did deeper dives and were like, on second thought, no thanks. We were like perfect. We needed a we needed a little project. That was how it's gonna happen for us. So it did. I mean, look, it's a great place. It's not set up yet. Like I said, I can only hope the echo's not that bad. We'll figure we're figuring it out. Maybe I'll put a carpet down on these walls, huh? Help with the sound. Maybe get a little studio action going, huh? A little video. Maybe some video to accompany the podcast in the coming weeks. I don't know, guys. Exciting stuff coming. One of the nice things about having a little more space. As you know, a big part of this podcast is my wife like making dinner and yelling at me in the background because we live in 700 square feet of space where the living room, dining room, kitchen is all the same, and the office is all the same space. But now those are all separate spaces in this new place. So what I'm saying is maybe you won't hear Liz and Gordon on the podcast unless I invite them on. They're not just going to unintentionally be in the background of every episode. Well, that said, is Gordon behind me right now? Yeah, he's right there. Maybe you will hear him. If If he gets down on the floor, it sounds like a... It sounds like 30 women tap dancing with his claws on the hardwood. You call him claws? Paws? Paws. Not claws. He's not a cat. Jesus Christ, I saw a commercial with a cat today. I was like, these things look, they all are tiger. They're just like little tigers. They're, they look fucking evil. Who has a cat? Who? What is the deal with cats? I, I don't get it. I don't get why people like them. They don't like You? That shit is a one-way fucking street, man. With dogs, it's, it, the dogs, they, they are vulnerable to you. They love you right away, and then you can, like, decide to treat them back. But cats, it's like, a cat could live with you for 12 years. Dude, the second you pass out for longer than eight hours, it's trying to fucking eat you. These things are not your friend. My, my dog, see, every time he sees a cat, he, like, he can't decide whether to play with it or kill it. I'll tell you which way I lean. I'm like fucking kill the cat, kill that cat. Unless it's a street cat, I like street cats. They got they have some fucking they got some hair on their nuts. Those guys know what they're doing. It's shorter lifespan, but they live they live a life. They've seen a lot of shit. It's these house cats, man. These house cats are rough. I like street cats. I like street dogs too, you know? Those are fun. Just any, anything that has to like actually be in nature. It's funny with my dog. It's like you just forget that like this thing is like he's operating on survival mode all the time. Like if we don't feed him for three hours, he's like, who can I kill to survive? Like he's, he's on that level. He's not like, oh, we're watching Frasier now. He doesn't know what Frasier is. He knows if I don't eat once a day, I got to kill someone. I respect that in my dog. I respect a killer. All right, look, this—I guess that's going to be the intro for this week. I don't know if this is good. I know nev- I don't know if any of this show is good. Who is listening? What are you? What are you doing? There's so many great podcasts out there, guys. I mean, if you're here, you must be—I don't know. You, you. I hope that something I say is funny in these moments, but you know, every time I tell people, I do a a solo version of the podcast or like I do time up top by myself in the podcast before I get to the interview. They're like, Oh, that's the hardest part. I'm like, yeah, the only hard part is like wondering if people like it, but the part of ranting and like letting your mind go that it, that to me feels like the easy part. The hard part is like having another human being on the podcast and not interrupting them. <laughs> and Like being a good listener. Like that's the, that's cause that's the part where you have to be a better person. To me, that is the harder part. The part where I can just talk about cats looking like fucking murderers. I mean, that's easy. All this is is just like the thoughts in your head. Everybody has thought. Very few people are not walking around having conversations with themselves all day. So this is just a willingness to like, you know, say it out loud and sound like a a person that needs to be institutionalized, which is really what it probably is. Speaking of that, speaking of crazy people, live comedy seems to be coming back in L.A. I've done a couple shows. Did a show at Flappers Comedy Club, which I love, out in Burbank. They got a new – they've redone their uh, their secondary room, the yoo room there. Now they got this, like, beautiful green room backstage. It's better than any green room I've ever been in. And it's not even their main green room. It's, like, the side green room. But it's insane. They, they did a smart thing, which is during the pandemic – they like took that time to rework what they have in the club so it's, it looks even better than it did before. So yeah, I had a great time at the Flapper show. Got some other shows coming up too. I probably already said those in the intro, so I'll leave that out now. Let's just look. Let's get to, the, uh, let's get to Danny Werfel here, okay? And before we do that, one thing I thought recently is that I think the podcast needs more music. Like I, don't, I don't play a lot of music for this thing usually. So with that said, I'm going to start playing more music on the podcast, and I actually got an original song here, original song to lead us into Danny Werfel, so we're going to do that right now. This song is all about a great Florida quarterback and an unsuccessful NFL player. But who are we to judge? Have you beat Peyton Manning three times in college and once in the NFL? Didn't think so were fool. you are a shining light that brightens all our useless lives with touchdowns from your arm described as a noodle by all the draft experts, but that didn't stop the Saints from taking a Gator legend. Good for you, but it's shameful. How all those dumb fat pricks with their tiny dicks like to take a shit on your accomplishments. I find it hurtful. Two national titles, a man and playing at the highest level will not stop that hate. But I wish you well. And I think it's swell that you made Peyton cry so many times. Now he's dead inside. It should have been you. What oh, makes me blue? Let's support your site. Tubgirl.com. Just kidding. Danny Werfel.com. Tubgirl.com is not the official website of Danny Werfel. You just can go to Dannywerfel.com. He beat Peyton Manning three times in 95, Florida, Tennessee. In 96, Florida, Tennessee. And then in the NFL in 98, one of Danny Werfel's two come from behind victories, 19 to 14 at Indianapolis, beat Peyton Manning his rookie season. Um, look, I don't know what to say. Danny Werfel did not have a, that great of a NFL career, but 3-0 against Peyton Manning? Come on. Before it was Tom Brady owning Peyton Manning, it was D-dubs, baby. Danny Werfel. Let's get into this, son of a bitch. What? what, what let's see. Born May twenty 1970. I'm not going to read the whole fucking Wikipedia page. Let's see, he's from Fort Walton Beach. One thing I saw reading this, which was pretty cool. This dude moved around, huh? Just like me. His dad was a chaplain in the Air Force, explains his religiosity. He lived in South Carolina, Spain, Nebraska, Colorado, and then in Florida, where he became, like, you know, obviously super famous for football. But that's five spots. Okay, so I had, I'm thinking, two spots in Germany. Bad Kreuznach. In Mannheim, and then I lived in South Carolina, Louisiana, New Jersey, Virginia. So I lived in six, well, I guess Germany is one place. So I lived in like two countries, four states. I think that's right. Yeah. But then like multiple places in there. So like I probably moved around a little bit more than Danny Werfel, but hey, I love. I love that this guy's got a little bit of—he's uh, got a little bit of Eric Helwig in him. I bet that's what a lot of people told him as he was winning a Heisman Trophy. He's like, "You're a lot like this kid that hasn't been born yet." No, I was no, I was born then. I was like eight. Yeah, he was sick in high school for the Fort Walton Beach Vikings. <laughs> oh wait, no, the Fort Walton Beach Vikings, not the Beach Vikings. That would be funny. That'd be a fun version of the Vikings. They just hang out on the beach. They like help the other Viking ships in and they're like you guys can come fight with us? They're like, nah, we're working on our tan. That would be a fun. That would be a fun version of the Vikings that I would enjoy. As opposed to the ones that, like, you know, went into every town and, you know, raped everybody that walked. And that's why everybody in Europe has blonde hair now. You know? It's uh, <laughs> the Beach Vikings seem like a way more chill group. It's kind of crazy they had a show called Vikings. Where it was like, where, where are the Vikings? And they all have like love stories, and they're all friendly, and like they have like like romantic interest. It's like I'm pretty sure they just raped everyone, and then like sowed salt in the earth so nothing could grow after they were done pillaging. Pillaging is like a pretty brutal. <laughs> Rape and pillage isn't a WWE tag team. All right, it's a way of life. It's insane that Vikings. <laughs> Like, I'm not trying to get another team name canceled, but, like, if if one was next on the docket, it's weird that Vikings doesn't come up more often than it does. All right, moving on. What happened? So he graduated from high school. He was a class valedictorian. This dude rocks, man. Smart dude, crushing it in high school. Gets to Florida. And his his college stats in Florida, listen to this. This dude's not fucking around in college. All right, his after he basically started his whole career, four seasons at Florida. He threw for over almost eleven thousand yards, one hundred and fourteen touchdowns, forty-two interceptions, a quarterback rating of one hundred and sixty-three point six, which I believe is the highest quarterback rating ever in college football history. Dude, Danny Werfel. Rocking the shit. I mean, when people say Tim Tebow is one of the greatest college quarterbacks ever, hey, am I too loud? Well, I'm I'm just talking. Okay, well, now I'm in my head that I'm yelling. well, I was just, uh, this is my voice. Now this is going to be in the podcast. I got to go to bed. You go to bed. To- I mostly was coming down here and, say goodnight. and all, goodnight. But you also... right. well I shouldn't have I shouldn't have asked the question if I didn't want the answer. Okay, well come give me a good night. Daddy gets his shook. (laughs) Does that stay in the pod? No, probably not. Good night. That's a gross thing that I wish you didn't hear. What are we doing? Oh, yeah, Danny Werfel, the quarterback. That's right. Yeah, so he rocked it in college. I feel, I may, I might edit out that daddy gets some shook. That really makes my dick turn back into my body. It's, yeah, wins the Heisman Trophy in 96. Yeah, he wins like all these awards at Florida. I was going to say, I, I feel like he's got a case against him. I know Tim Tebow, didn't he win two championships? But only one as the starting quarterback, right? Because uh, it was like, C.J. Leak or Chris Leak, I can't remember, was the quarterback for Tim Tebow's freshman year. And Tebow was like a gadget player. But Danny Werfel, come on, man. This is four seasons. This is spurrier mid-90s Gators football. I mean, come on. I, I just think this dude, he's already in the College Football Hall of Fame, but I think he's got an argument going against Tebow. So that's that. And he goes to the NFL. This is after getting drafted by the Saints in 97. He goes in the fourth round, 99 overall. His NFL career, yeah, not so good. He's only has a 4-6 and six record as a starter. An overall quarterback rating in his career of, what does he get to? 56.4. You can just tell me. Liz just say, gave me a note that said, don't forget to take him out for a P. Well, what's funny is that you're... Doing this so that, like, you're not going to appear on the podcast saying that. But we just made out, and I said, Daddy, get some sugar." five seconds before. It. I didn't want to interrupt twice. Okay. <laughs> to I'll take him for a pee. Don't worry. All right. I think I was yelling, by the way. That might be. All right. See you later. Good night. Good night. Later. <laughs> Whoa, I can't say see you later when you're going to bed. You know, we have two stories now, so Liz actually gets to disappear up the staircase now, which is nice. It really feels like a like a house, right All right. I don't know I don't think they can hear you all right, see you later. I love you. I'll stop saying see you later before you go to bed i I love you. I keep losing my place. What was I Danny Werfel? God damn it, okay, so he gets drafted goes to the saints oh, I was looking at his pro stats so yeah, here's the thing he only starts ten games. Uh, over his, I think it's a six-year career in the uh, in the NFL. But yeah, like he played better once he w- he eventually goes to Washington in like 2001. He's again in his Tebow likeness. Spurrier brings him in, just like Urban Meyer's bringing in Tim Tebow to play tight end. And so that was like Spurrier just brought all his former Gators into DC, and they went like six and ten and five and eleven or whatever. Uh but yeah, he played all right in Washington for his one year. Look, two and two. Only, he went three touchdowns to six interceptions. But his quarterback rating's higher. His quarterback rating got up to seventy point nine, which is not great. But remember, those teams were not great either. So yeah, it's not like he got like a ton of opportunities, which is a little surprising. You know, like a Heisman Trophy is nothing to sniff at. He's not Eric Crouch. Like he could, he was tall enough to play quarterback. Might have not had the arm strength, but. Look, I loved his career. He did have two game-winning comebacks. He had one against the Panthers in uh, 99, I think. I want to say 98 or 99. And then two weeks later, against the Colts and Peyton Manning. And then he also, if we're going to include his pro career, that means any professional football. We got to talk about what he did with the Rhine Fire in the World Football League. I don't even know what it was called. You're, you know, NFL Europe. It's NFL Europe. I knew that. I said that I said World Football League because they play the world Bowl. And by the way, you know, like when people win the Super Bowl and they call them world champions? Okay, NFL Europe, that's a much better claim on world champions than the Super Bowl winner. All right, now Gordon's interrupting the podcast. I'll get you, buddy. Yeah, I mean, you got to, there's no question. What he did with Ryan, the Ryan Fire was pretty. Incredible. They won a championship over there in NFL Europe. Danny Werfel revives his career. At least for a little bit. He beat Kevin Daft of the Scottish Clan the Scottish Claymores. That was the Scottish Claymores starting quarterback it was a guy named Kevin Daft, who looks like me playing quarterback. That was in two thousand, you know, pre nine eleven. And that was after Werfel had, because he was at the Saints, 97-99, Ryan Fire. He kicks around on a couple practice squads, the Bears and the Packers, before he gets his opportunity in Washington in 2002, and then that was kind of the end for him. But once he doesn't get signed, again, I'm surprised he doesn't get signed again. It's not like the guy doesn't have a little bit of uh, clout, we would say. Danny Werfel goes uh, into religion pretty hard. Steer straight into that. You go to DannyWerfel.com. It's a photo of him. Uh, Now he's bald. There's a photo of him as a a quarterback. And they're like just really leaning into the fact that he was a great quarterback and he loves Jesus. And that's kind of his thing. He also did this thing like when he would throw a touchdown in the NFL, he would like do like a praying motion. Like he was trying to make that like, you know, like o- like Ocho Cinco would, like, pull out a cell phone or Troll Owens would eat popcorn. Or, like, you know, people, like, there was, like, the thing where, like, some- I can't remember who it was, like, mooned the audience. Receivers are always trying to, like, one-up, like, their touchdown celebrations. Someone's just going to eventually just, like, pull out their dick and do, like, the that helicopter move. <laughs> like, it's... It just like keeps going like off the rails with the receiver celebrations, but Danny Werfels was just a prayer. He just put his hands together and prayed to God. That was his like, I scored a touchdown, I pray. It's just like you know, no offense, religious people, but like the dumbest touchdown celebration ever. If he prayed to Satan, that would be a little more outside the box. That's that. That's like the hack joke is like, you pray to God when you throw a touchdown. Do you curse Satan when you throw an interception? But here's what you do. You thank Satan when you throw a touchdown. And when you throw a pick, you thank the Lord for giving you the the hardship to learn through the next time. Because that's part of the, your journey as a religious person is that the bad things are good for you. Right? They're good for your soul. And when you think like that, you can't, you know, disprove God. Well, why am I trying to make everybody an atheist? You Believe what you want. Okay? it's just I'm just telling you what I think. You know, I think... We're all just meat with holes. Just meat holes. Definitely going to edit out me saying daddy gets some shug. You guys know I don't really talk like that, right? That's not a real thing I say to my wife ever. I would just say it with a microphone on. like I don't have to keep telling you that that's not what I do. When is a quarterback coming on this show? I don't say daddy wants some shug. God, now I'm in my head that I'm yelling too much. I gotta stop doing these podcasts. The night before the podcast comes out. I had days. I had days to do this. And I was like, I'll save it for late at night. <laughs> when people are trying to sleep. All right. Look, enough. I think we covered Danny Werfel, right? I think he got his his fair shake here. I do I do think he was a better I do think he should have been in the league longer than he was. You know, the the Redskins at the time, the Redskins, management cut him. Spurrier wanted to keep him. I don't get that. Like, why isn't the head coach get to be like, this is my guy. I want this guy in. Like, that's like the, that, you know, that's just, you know, we could talk forever about dysfunction in D.C. Political. It seems to bleed into their football team, too. It's just unorganized crap and it's been that way for a long time. I think uh Danny Werfel definitely could have backed up. Who was it? Was it Patrick Ramsey was their quarterback? At the time that guy that guy had a very sh- I remember that guy had a super strong arm. He was like a two-lane quarterback. Super strong arm and like zero touch or you know leadership or anything. <laughs> he was pretty bad. He could just throw the ball really hard into uh the other team's hands. That was like Patrick Ramsey's thing. Was throwing like really tight spirals at high velocity to the other team. But what better backup than a guy with a little bit of, a, as they described, a noodle arm. To back him up. You know, you get a little juxtaposition there, you know. It's like the defense doesn't know what to, what to do. You got a quarterback that can throw. Then you got a quarterback who can't throw, huh? Mm? What are you going to do? This is expert... Analysis. This is the kind of stuff you're not going to hear <laughs> on FS1 or ESPN. I don't even know where people go to listen to their, uh, their sports news now. Podcasting, who cares? All right, enough. Let's get to another one of these pre-planned bits. I think I know what we're going to do right now. If you want something done right, you need to do it yourself. Unless it's telling your audience how to support your podcast, because that shit gets old real quick. I think you should outsource it. And that's what I've done. Welcome to my friends and family plug my show. These are real people with real reasons why you should support me. I hope you listen, I hope you hear, and I do hope you support. What is good everybody, it's Tony Tucker here. Eric and I have been friends for the past 15, 16 weeks. Like all rock solid modern day relationships, ours started on the internet. As many of you know, Eric is a comedian, but he also dabbles in magic because only a magician could present this being a sports podcast, which you can and should leave a five-star review on iTunes. Our relationship went to the next level when I clicked on erichelwig.com, grabbing a shirt with his face on it via his merch store. Turns out, unknown straight white males aren't the conversation starters they used to be. In case you checked out mentally like I do when I listen to Bring in the Backups, all you need to know is on airkelwig.com Thank you, Tony. Say the word relationship more often. Sound more like we're fucking, Jesus Christ. <laughs> when we began our relationship. No, Tony's a nice guy. You can follow him at Tony Tucker uh, on Instagram and Twitter. You know what? Actually, hang on for a second. I don't know if that's his handle. Let's uh, Let's just give that a quick check. Oh, no, there he is. Yeah, I had it right. Well, it's Tony underscore Tucker. I don't know. Just follow him. I'll put him on the fucking show notes. Okay, follow him there. Tony Tucker. Uh, he's got a uh, a really fun show that I've done a couple times now, uh, called Project Dribble. And yeah, we're having a uh, it's a it's a fun show. I enjoy going on. I think I've done it two times now, maybe three times. Yeah, it's like it's a sports show, so I like to go on and try to make it so they can't talk sports. That's always my goal when I go on a podcast. If they're like, "Let's talk about this," I'll like, "I'll try to subvert the show." <laughs> I don't know how I keep getting invited on podcasts because I I think I'm a terrible guest. I feel like I'm I'm ruining their plan. I'm like the joker. I'm like I took their little plan and I turned it in on itself. All right. That's just an excuse to do my joker impression, which I think is not that bad. I think it's actually a pretty good impression, but I'm not going to do it again. All right, right, let's talk, but let's talk about podcasts, huh? Because I've done a bunch. A bunch. Jump the Shark. No, Jump the Sharp. Sorry. Jump the Sharp with Brian and David. You can follow them at at Jump the Sharp. They're like, it's like a sports betting podcast. I have no idea how I ended up on it, but they are they're guys from, from Philly. We talked Philly sports. We talked wrestling. They started talking about betting, and uh, I made fun of them for... Uh, Having very obvious political leanings, so you can check that out. Again, all these will be in the show notes. I want to thank Sports and Shit, my friends Maddie and Ty. I've done these guys three times. Their show, they had their one year anniversary, and I'm telling you, they get amazing guests on that show. I'm not even fucking around. I know I talked talked about it before. Last time I did their show, like Lenny Dykstra was on the show. <laughs> like they really, get, and they get like real guys, like real guys that you would recognize from TV. Hop in. I don't know how they keep getting guys, and I don't. All right? that That's really what it is. I, I'm very jealous of the sports and shit pod. They get amazing sports guests. I haven't gotten one quarterback. One. I do have a minor league pitcher lined up, and I'll tell you about him in a minute. But sports and shit podcast, check them out. Uh, you want to hear some Boston guys laughing with each other, talking some funny shit, and then getting legit guests on? that. That's a... Highly underrated podcast in the world. I did the Breaking Tables podcast. Uh, this is a Buffalo Bills show. I did that because my last quarterback was Josh Allen. No, no, sorry, it was Alex Van Pelt. Josh Allen. No, he's not a backup. He's a fucking superstar. But yeah, that was Brian, Neil, and Tommy. These guys are lunatics. Uh, they were getting drunk the whole show, and Neil's internet didn't work, so it just it was a shit show, but really fun. So if you want to check that out, at Breaking Tables BR the number eight King tables. You get it? Uh, and they're also on YouTube. You just type in Breaking Tables, Buffalo Bills, you'll see. Um, not just my podcast, but all the stuff they've done. And then I did a podcast with an actual athlete, Too Tall, with Brett Lauren. You can follow him, Too Tall Sports Podcast on Insta. Brett Lauren is like six foot nine or something. He's a pitcher. Uh, and he got up to AAA with the Diamondbacks and had a and had a good enough stats it looks like to really make it to the MLB but the fucking Pirates <laughs> they buried him they the Pirates buried him all right but he did get on the 40 man for the uh for Arizona and I can't remember what year it was he told me while I was on the show it was he had me on to talk about my career and halfway through I just turned the interview into like asking him about Bull Durham quotes because Bull Durham's like one of my favorite movies. I was like, is it real? It seems like it's pretty real. It seems like it's like, the way he was describing it, he was like, some of the stuff is pretty exaggerated, but uh, you know, we don't do stuff that's that bad. I'm like, yeah, but Bull Durham's in the 80s, so it sounds like it's exactly what it was in the 80s. I'm not saying it's like Bull Durham's what minor league baseball's like now, but it might be what minor league baseball was like. 35 years ago when Kevin Costner was still, like, jacked and could hit a home run for real while they're filming the movie. The movie rocks. So, yeah, I did four podcasts. I actually don't think the Too Tall podcast is out yet, so I'll give you guys a shot when that drops. I think Brett likes to – he's he's such a professional. So everybody else that I, I – do most of the guys I do podcasts with, you know, they're just dudes. It's just, like, dudes on live streams. With their friends. But Brett is like a professional athlete. You know, he like wakes up, has a protein shake. Looks at a schedule of interviews he has. Executes them. Lines them up. He's like, he's got like a, a methodology to how he gets it out. No one's coming on Brett Lauren's podcast while he's on the podcast. And like giving him instructions to take the dog out for a piss. He's not whispering, daddy get some sugar. To whoever he's dating as a joke and then feeling self-conscious about it. Now the thing is now I've repeated daddy gets some sugar like eight times. So like I'm not gonna edit this out. Like now it's just in. It's just in. I don't say daddy gets some sug unironically, all right? And this the suspicion level of whether or not I do say daddy gets some sug has now just risen to like a a ten out of ten. I bet when you started this podcast, you hadn't even thought of the phrase, daddy gets some sugar," And now it's all you'll, it's all you'll think of. And what I want you to do is the next time you kiss the person you love, I want you to whisper it and then just say, bring in the back. <laughs> now, don't do that. Don't do that. Nope. Oh. Did you guys hear that? A crutch almost fell. All right, look, the dog's got to pee. I got to get out of here. We're already at the 40-minute mark, so let's fucking, let's hit the bricks here. Let's do our last pre-planned bit and then get on to our interview with Brad Stoll. We're going to do that right now. Welcome back to another edition of On This Day in Backup History. Today, we're in San Francisco, not to watch Marxist murder a small business owner for opening our bar, but for a backup quarterback. In 1978, 49ers backup Scott Bull was ecstatic to learn that he would be playing for injured starter Steve DeBerg. Bull was so exuberant, he ran up to his hurt teammate in the hotel lobby and screamed, you mess with the Bull, you'll get the horns. DeBerg laughed in the moment and even accepted Scott Bull's apology a few days later, but it really pissed him off. Years later, Steve DeBerg banged Scott Bull's wife. The whole Bull's horns thing was totally a factor. I think Steve DeBerg's been on like three of those things now. He was on every team from like 1975 to 2004. So Steve Berg, all-time backup, definitely coming on the show at some point as a guest. He's going to be my first guest. No, in all reality, Brett Lorne will probably be my first athlete on the show. He didn't even play fucking football. But whatever, man. Brett's a cool dude, so I would love to have him on. So we'll see if we can work that out for you guys. We'll see. Let's get to our interview right now. We got Brad Stoll. Brad Stoll, like I said, a buddy of mine. Met him doing comedy back in New York. This is the same intro I give every single person. I did mics with this guy 10 years ago. I don't know. Until some more famous people start accepting... (laughs) This is the worst way to bring guests on. Brad is a very funny comedian, okay? I have many memories of us doing sets at New York Comedy Club, all over New York, open mics back in the day. Um, He is now also Chef Asshole. You can find him on social media, Instagram, Twitter, at Chef Asshole. Also his own personal page, at Damn it Brad. Find him on TikTok where he is blowing up with the kids. This guy is a TikTok legend it's so crazy every time i see my friends doing well on tiktok i'm like should i go to tiktok i just can't do it i just can't help china more (laughs) but listen brad is a really funny guy um super talented comedian he's also uh he makes films a lot of which you can find uh through his social media so give him a follow and we had a great conversation it was really fun so enjoy that now
1: DTLA is like Manhattan to me Because it is super fucking loud And a lot of ambulances All that shit
0: Like downtown LA? Yes I've been there one time in three years
1: I've been there actually a few to full times Loud as shit Also I lived in like Beverly Grove You want to talk about ambulances all the time? That fucking area I literally wake up to that shit Yeah And I lived in the uh, the Park La Brea I'm like oh I'm not going to hear it I heard everything It was awful
0: It gets loud on um, Oh
1: and airplanes too
0: Airplane. We're, how, we're,
1: very, we're very close to airports. That's the other thing.
0: I was gonna say Hollywood Boulevard can get la- uh, loud too, but I don't think any of this compares to how loud New York is.
1: Do you know how old we sound right now? But like, do you know how loud it is on this street? No,
0: it's a, the, the the listeners love this. Most of my listeners are in Indiana. They don't know. <laughs> they've never been to L.A. or New York. Yeah, they're like most of my listeners have AARP subscriptions, so it's fine, dude. For real, you are loud as fuck. Jeez, I'm turning your levels down a little bit. Okay, that's really offensive. It's not offensive. You have a booming voice. Drink Th- that drink cup. that water closer to the mic if you could. <laughs> Let me sound like you're swallowing cum as you're That is not what that sounded <laughs> it like. It sounded it was a it was a watery it was, swallow. You know what
1: it was? It was a drippy amount of cum. It wasn't like a gargle like porn. Like a version of cum, <laughs> mine was like I was sipping cum like very awfully from a souvenir cup, just very softly.
0: It was yeah. You had your pinky up while pinky you were doing it. Pinky up while I'm taking down cum. It was nice. Yeah. Uh, chef asshole in the in the studio with us today. Is it
1: okay if I call this place a studio? I'm fine with it. It's what you want it to be.
0: I want it to be a studio. Then it's a fucking studio. You know what? You're going to be the last interview I do that's not in a studio because I'm moving in a day. And when I'm the next podcast that people listen to, will you will hear me in a beautiful I, studio? What I was
1: going to ask you is, do all of your studios smell like turkey burgers? Because if that's the <laughs> case, I'm going to get one too.
0: No, look, we—I live in a. I've told the listeners know this. but This is a one bedroom apartment. That's why they hear my wife and my dog. But you have a run. you have a podcast. You don't have a mansion. How is that possible? It's crazy, right? I Usually, know. you make money right away when you start, you know. Mm-hmm. But mine's going a little bit slower. But yeah, like this is like this room is everything. Like there's the kitchen, the dining room, the living room, everything. I could look into the bathroom from here. Like it's a small apartment. But the new place we're moving, I have my own place with a door that closes. I have my own bathroom in there. Wow. Dude, when you see the new place, it's 1,200 square feet. It's two stories.
1: You have a massive one bedroom apartment. So for the listeners at home, you're visualizing a fucking shoebox. It's not. We all lived in New York. Those are shoeboxes. It's
0: eight hundred square feet, and I'm, and they did not all live in New York. I'm telling you, ninety eight percent of Sorry, my I, audience. Sorry, I know you guys
1: all have fucking houses. <laughs>
0: they're on their whatever that's like. They're they're on their tractor right now, <laughs> looking out at their beautiful three bedroom, three bedroom, three bathroom house that they bought for eighty five dollars. Yes, dude. No, I heard
1: they, I heard you could pay with Monopoly money in Indiana.
0: I just figured out there's a thing on. Uh, I re, I. Host this podcast on Podbean and I can see what states. Oh, I have Podbean too. There you go. This yeah. is for your podcast Only Farts. Yes. How long is that name gonna last?
1: Uh forever. <laughs> I will go into the gray with that until people don't know what OnlyFans is. I want like some- By the way OnlyFans was never going to die.
0: I I really hope I get really famous someday and then get in a lot of trouble and have to do, like, an apology tour. For doing an
1: OnlyFans interview? No, 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 no.
0: No, what I want is to get in a lot of trouble and then people to be like, when will Eric speak? And I'll be like, I'm only doing an interview on on (laughs) OnlyFans. And so then, like, to listen to people, like... To listen oh, to like Hollywood reporters be like, all right, Eric on a podcast, called only Farts. like have yeah, to like the Hollywood reporter would be like
1: Eric Helwig speaks it
0: all, tells all the truth on only farts. How do I write controversial comedian chef Brad Stoll? <laughs> no, they won't say your name, uh, <laughs> but no, it would be
1: oh, so I'm like the person who dies in a plane crash and they don't know who it is. No, it's like Eric Helwig passes away in plane crash.
0: With other people. No, you're like the other guy on Shane Gillis's podcast, like never gets his fucking name mentioned. I'd be so <laughs> furious if I was on a podcast that became infamous and they never said my name. But it's
1: also like the names are both in the title, which is more infuriating. It's yes. Shane and Matt's secret podcast, right? I think that's what I think that's what point. it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, like I don't even fucking... It's a
0: funny podcast too. Um... Yeah, no. I want to get. I want to get to a place where like I have to go on a. I ha, I have to do something that people are waiting for, and then go on the smallest, most niche podcast platform to release information. That's a goal in life.
1: I think that's a that's a f- very strong goal. Is
0: to force people to listen to like uh, a podcast called Only Farts.
1: I did the most um, narcissistic thing for when uh, when me and Dylan Palladino like had a fallout over the the dumbest shit that I pushed further than it should have
0: I like you saying the name dylan paladino like everybody's gonna be on board well with you, know who, you know who you know yeah but the, come on we have c- to talk to the people
1: okay man well i'm i'm trying to relate <laughs> to you buddy before i relate to your fucking why is he not talking about the quarterback sweatback? i don't know because i haven't gotten there yet bud all right yeah. all i'm saying is that i i'm trying to relate to what we we're just talking about me and him made up via podcast we got on to Each other's podcast and hashed it out in person.
0: Oh, nice. Mark Marin style.
1: Yes. As if, and that's, I'm yeah. saying why it was narcissistic. I'm like, ah, oh, this will be just like Louie. And we called it the Louie episode
0: <laughs>
1: to like really, really just dig even deeper on why we're such assholes about this. But we both agreed to it and like we've been good since then.
0: Yeah. Then you, to really make it the Louis episode, you should have done like an ad for stamps.com. <laughs> so you have to complain about the post office a lot. And then, yeah, that's, yeah, it would have been nice too. It's good that you guys made up. That's always nice. Yeah. It's it's I I don't I struggle with how much I should put forward of myself on the podcast, you know, because it's like some because like something like that where it's like if you're really digging into the depths of why you're fighting with somebody and why you stop being friends, yeah, like there's such deeply personal stuff in that. Like I'm not unwilling to say that stuff about myself, but I worry about like like the collateral damage of people around me if you do stuff like that. Does that make sense?
1: Do you mean like, are you talking about like the actual people involved with in the situation?
0: Yes. Like, like I feel like, like there'll be podcasts I listen to okay. where a comic goes, uh, is one comic. I, I won't say his name, but he was a real, he was a real piece of shit to me. And, and you know, what goes around comes around, you know, his career is not as good right now because that's, that's what happens when you treat people poorly. And then I'll hear him on a, a podcast like a year later. And he says something else about the same story. But he drops another hint, and then I, in my head, go, oh, it's Jay Moore. (laughs) And I I go, oh, he was talking about Jay Moore. But it's, like, that's the thing I don't want to do to people is, like, I really do feel like not naming names is important. So whenever it gets into, like, that type of interpersonal, like, I've literally gone to being, like, I don't even say what state my family lives in. And part of it feels like so indulgent. Well,
1: God forbid you do anything. That's when the death threats start throwing in, you know?
0: Well, look, I had a little bit of that and it's a very, I'm not acting like I'm more famous than I am because I'm not. But when I did AGT, the death character on Instagram was getting like. Blackface. <laughs> blackface. <laughs> i Yeah. When I did, when I did <laughs> blackface on national TV. When you did,
1: when you did, uh, when you did uh death face.
0: <laughs> it stays. And I'll do my apology on only farts. It wasn't blackface, okay? It's mostly white makeup, if anything else. When I was death on AGT, and then like people kind of got directed to my Instagram, there was like once a week, it was some lady being like, I will fuck you in your makeup. Like straight up getting propositioned for sex. Oh, getting like... Yes.
1: And you you didn't start an OnlyFans?
0: No, I didn't. You're crazy. Why should I have started an OnlyFans? Did you know how
1: much money you would have made off that as like a kink?
0: Okay, well, first off, I produced the... Thing with my wife, so I don't really want my wife and me to be running a a death costume OnlyFans page. And here's the crazy part:
1: you don't there. Here's the one misconception of OnlyFans as someone who has a title OnlyFarts. Um, <laughs> OnlyFans doesn't have to be porn. That's the crazy <laughs> part. You could literally, you, you Eric, no bullshit. And as much as I give you shit for not using a camera on this, which is infuriating, uh, you could literally talk into the camera in the death voice, being like, do personalized message, being like. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you off this earth, and then I'm gonna bring you down to hell. Like talk dirty, but like also talk about killing them, uh, and they'll probably get off that and shove like a hundred dollars in your bank account just for that personalized message. Mm, Does that make sense? Yeah. Borderline, look, borderline I know we're all, sexual cameos. Look, I, I, I know, we're,
0: I know, we're all whores on some level. Absolutely. Okay? Unless we're like living on a farm, planting our own seeds and eating what we grow, on some level, we're selling out to somebody else. I get that. Sure. It feels like it's, I am i don't know if I'm sexually liberated enough to do my death voice so someone can come to it. I just, I know that, and here's the thing, I know that by virtue, by virtue of the fact that like when I was on AGT, I don't know how many people watch that show, probably millions. Uh, multi-millions. Multi-millions, yes. And I was on the show, it was, you know, whatever, NBC, 8 a.m., both coasts for like eight minutes was my segment. Of that show, you were in the apartment. We watched it together. We did a live stream. 8, 8, 8 p.m., Whenever time it was. Yeah, we PM. we watched it. Yeah. So like, just by virtue of how many people watched that show, right. somebody got murdered while I was on camera. Like hundreds of people were having sex. Someone right. like like anything you could think of that's like weird and deviant, like something that was happening while I was on in multiple houses. But what if? So, I, but
1: what if I told you? All right. That instead of that, you could be personalizing this to those murderers, sex addicts, people who are falling asleep at two a.m. for just a small price of twenty five ninety nine.
0: Can I tell you something? I'm ashamed of what this is a this is a real pe- a, a real shameful thing that I have. Besides the studio, besides the studio, yeah. Um, I was casting something. I was casting my pilot, and it, I did a Death Lives pilot. Devil's pilot, yeah. yeah and i had a a role for a tattooed faced killer um that he just came in and like said a couple lines and a guy came in who had his face fully tattooed up sure and he scared me so much that i rewrote the role so it wasn't a tattooed faced killer he like i i can't i can't stress enough how perfect he was for the role that i like he That's fucking funny. nailed it and he was, it was it was like for him, and he walked out of the room, and everybody else was like, "He was great," and I was like, "Absolutely not, I don't." I was like, "I had I had a real visceral like I was something about the tattoo on the face scares me, you little bitch." I, I really I I I don't feel good about it. Wow, wow, it's a deep shame. Like, like that's, I'm not kidding. That's, that's bad. I took work away from you that had, guy. You,
1: yeah, and you had straight up an entire mm-hmm. row of cast directors going. Yeah. We didn't
0: have a row of, it was me, my wife and the other guy that wrote it. They're casting with you. Look, here's, here's how I justify it. It, He would have gotten paid $50 to come do my shitty podcast and that would have been it.
1: But Eric, what if I told you that guy was going to go to a crack alley and suck dick in Um order to make money? (laughs) And you were like "Mm, $50
0: for my pilot. Mm -hmm." My podcast could have sent him the other direction. Look, like I said, I'm not not proud of it. It (laughs) was, it was the, it was something about the permanence of like the, the stuff on his eyes, like or right around his eyes, it just like it Pope just Malone scared has me.
1: tattoos. I mean, like he's
0: not. Intimidating I know. I gotta. I gotta get over it. I gotta get over it. Like I, think- I don't know why tattoos scare me. It's something about the permanence of it that scares me a little bit. Wow. Wow. My my family you said
1: wa- Indiana was your base. And that makes I just, more I just and more all. sense as time I, goes on. I just,
0: oh, I was gonna say, I think I just lost my. I think there's a lot of tattoos. What people do you? What do you oh, I
1: mean, like more or less. There's also purists in Indiana that probably don't have that. I think status.
0: the. I think the people that listen to this podcast, I probably turned off a lot of people that listen to this podcast. I think half the people that listen to this show have tattoos of big screaming American eagles with, like, a flag, like, draped over them. Oh, I was going to say, it's
1: like the Twin Towers with an eagle flying over it with, like, <laughs> firefighters squirting water, and it's like, America the Free, fuck you if you're not, sort of thing.
0: Yeah, it, I don't think... Eagles flying over the twin towers would be a good tattoo. It looked like the eagles were flying into the twin towers, which would be super confusing. Which
1: also, by the way, it would be such a funny bit for like a movie, being like, "Yeah, you want to see my American tattoo?" It's like it looks like the eagles flying into yeah, the but, towers. Oh my,
0: are you say, are you saying America yeah, That seems you? like a. If you had a tattoo of an eagle flying into the towers, that would be like a 9/11 was an inside job tattoo. Yes. You'd be like, yes. it's America did but it. Like, America did. The guy, but the
1: guy did it. is so dumb and like hicky that you're like, oh, he's so convinced that's how American he looks. He's like, yeah, the eagle's going into the buildings because it represents our freedom. It's like, yeah, but it looks
0: like America did. Looks like the you'd have to really you have to really hit the depth perception.
1: Oh, uh, dude, I'm adding that. I'm taking this right now because I do have this TV idea that I think would go perfect with this idea that we're just talking about right now.
0: You, I do. I don't give you permission.
1: Can you give me permission? No. What if I told you? This is you? a
0: hilarious
1: bit. We're do- what if I told okay, you?
0: Okay, let me let's do this. If you're gonna if you're gonna start the podcast off being like, let's not talk about cancel culture, we're not going the thing that I'm gonna say we're not gonna do is do the things where comics go. That's a great bit, man. I hate it when comics do that. It but it was. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're just that's, talking. See, that's see that's more of a peeve. It's a peeve. It is a peeve. I can I'm, say because it was a bit. That's what we were just doing. It was a bit. I know, but like I don't. But then you're saying like, but then like if it becomes a stand up bit or a thing for a pilot, it's like the the, the, the people don't want to hear this.
1: I I speak out loud, and I go with a filter. That's why there's a <laughs> there's a microphone in front of my face, <laughs> and you decide if you want to keep it. It's the fun part. I, I'm not going to edit any of this. I'm keeping well, all of this. Well, what sounds like you have a really exhausting job.
0: It no, it's it, you know what it does sound like, a peeve it's a it's
1: totally a peeve it's a peeve you're saying specifically i hate when comics say that's a bit
0: that's not a thing that everyone's like everyone is, feels yeah there's very few things that you can get a hundred percent of people to sign off on do you
1: know what was annoying and infuriating when you first start comedy and everyone thinks everything you say is a
0: bit that's infuriating like in your in your real no, life it was mean? a great
1: bit man i'm like i was just speaking That wasn't, like, I wasn't doing a bit here. Like, what you think I was doing a bit, I was not doing a bit. Like, when you had a, I felt like the first nine months of comedy was always, like, specifying, like, that wasn't a bit. Please don't say it's a bit. It wasn't. I'll tell you when it's a bit, if you really need me to tell you.
0: You know, I got a buddy who uh, was in the Army, did a bunch of tours overseas, and uh, there's. That's a pretty good bit. (laughs) All right, take a, now take a big, disgusting sip of water that we can all hear.
1: Now you made me Now you, made, now you made me
0: you. you made me insecure about my great lips. No, I'm insecure about you putting the water right next to my $700 well, sound I'm, mixer.
1: Uh, I'm sorry that your $700 <laughs> sound mixer takes up half
0: of the fucking desk <laughs> in your studio. It's my Roadcaster Pro, baby. Sorry, That's gonna, we, uh,
1: let's, let's call your let's call your production company Office Max and be like, can we get an extender <laughs> on the fucking studio
0: desk? Because it's not working for the podcast. Well, look, I have a stand to put the mixer up on, but then if I put it there, then I can't see your face. I can easily move forward and you can see my face. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, I just, you seem so comfortable in that spot. I feel like this is the most inside
1: podcast you've had for your listeners. Who gives a fuck? Uh,
0: they're already here, okay? And if but the way the podcast is, which you have never listened to, the way the podcast—I was open
1: about that. I never told you I listen to it. I know you. I know you did. Don't say it like I fucking told you. Like, I love your podcast. No,
0: you read that in. You, that was your own insecurity. I just no, said the podcast you, said you like never that listened you to. You haven't
1: listened to. I didn't have to read. You fucking put it out <laughs> on the table.
0: <laughs> you didn't. You haven't listened to it, but it's fine. <laughs> Mo- you're supposed to look. This is what you're I feel. Supposed like You should do.
1: go into podcast cold. I really don't think you should be over listening because then I feel like you expect. That's the same reason why they tell you not to watch too much stand-up if you're a comedian. I feel they, like this is – I feel are like,
0: emulating your heroes. I feel like that's a thing you say when you haven't listened to a podcast and done your due diligence <laughs> and now you're like trying to justify it. That's what I, I remember- said
1: in school. Be like, you don't want to watch history because then you'll have to – then you'll start to repeat it. No, I'm, like, It was like
0: when I was a kid and I wanted to be a journalist. I was like, I work really well under pressure. And what it really was is I was 80. Was AD- what it really I was ADHD and couldn't fucking do anything until the last night and then I'm having a <laughs> panic attack. So I wasn't really didn't really want to be a journalist. I just didn't want to take medication. So That's fair. Yeah. I what oh, what was I going to say? I had something to say and I I, forgot, I lost my train of thought. It's over. Well, let well, let's do this. Okay. It is it is Well, the, uh, you, were, I, you were you were yelling at me about not listening to your podcast. I was yelling at, yelling about you. Not, not about not listening to my podcast. You don't got to listen to every episode, but it is common podca- Guys, please write into Eric. It tweet is, at him and ask him, was he phoning in, in a it bit? Is, it is podcast etiquette when you're going on a show. Mm-hmm. Like on the drive over, mm-hmm. you pop on the podcast app and you listen to five minutes. That's how you make sure you don't like walk into a Grand Wizard from the KKK show. You just give it That's- five minutes somewhere in the middle. What's this guy talking about? What's the vibe of the show? To have never listened to a second of a podcast... What chapter in the Joe Rogan
1: handbook was this that? This is not a, I, want, I want to know what chapter this so is. Exactly, when, I, when I go buy the book, I need to know
0: what is the <laughs> podcast etiquette. It's chapter 69, baby. Hey, the only chapter that matters. It always is.
1: No, it's fine. No, I'm, I'm, I, I understand what you're saying. Listen, I knew the basis of it because you were telling me all about it when you were starting the podcast. And as your friend, all right. didn't appeal to me as a podcast as a whole because I'm not a sports fan, but I know a way that I would be lucrative to the podcast at some point. The big food guy. Sports,
0: food, big thing. Mm. Huge thing. We bring Chef Asshole on for a live cooking event.
1: Well, not cooking, but I can tell you what you should be eating. But you
0: are a great chef. Thank you. I've been over to your house, you've prepared many fine dishes. You I have. The rest of us are like hanging out, watching a game, drinking beer, chasing pussy, stuff like that. You have an apron on in the kitchen making uh, pigs in a blanket.
1: And then I and as I'm finishing, I go, I feel like you guys don't appreciate me as a friend, and I feel like you ignore me when I try to put myself out there and all you're doing is drinking beer, eating my food, and not saying anything.
0: <laughs> no, you are you are a truly great chef. And oh, thank you. Your your chef asshole, uh, you were doing a thing I know you I know you've said you might go back to it at some point but the thing where you were making a recipe mm-hmm. and you would you were doing like cutting in little sketches with like I'm making a Jewish taco crunch supreme or whatever. I loved I watched all of those like th- that had my full attention oh, thank from you. start to end every time you did that. Thank you man. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, it was a it was a fun quarantine uh, project. I look at it. I mean, I look at it as like it's a, I mean it's a full portfolio at this point if I want to a full-blown show. Like listen, all these big YouTube chefs, they have a full production team. I don't have that. I was shooting, editing, writing, acting in it all by myself. And as much as like wow, blah, 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 like it's it's a lot of work cooking and acting and comedy all together in one and you're the only person doing all of it. It is it is beyond a job and honestly it only took me two and a half days to put it together but still that was so exhausting that I would be zonked for the rest of the week and all I'd be doing yeah. is going on to reddit forms and getting banned from everything for shit posting everywhere being like watch my cooking video it's funny I promise and I'll come with some clever title being like blah 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 they're like fuck you you little you little libtard bullshit and I'm like huh huh isn't that hilarious punch it down all right um,
0: we only punch up on this podcast under penalty of death. I will have to behead you after, okay. at the end. Uh, Is, can you dress up like death and do it though? I will do that. Yeah, <laughs> I'll put it on film. And then but you
1: also have to say it before you kill me. You have to say how, what you're going to do to me. You have to say it in a very like sensual oh, tone. God,
0: it's so gross. I man. know. So but think of the saying. money, Eric. Think uh, of the money. It's not about the money. Okay. Sometimes it's I'm the... Jewish. It's always about the money. <laughs> <laughs> think I care about my art form. Come on now. Yeah, that was a solid take a drink at a time that I was laughing move. That was a very professional podcast take a drink moment. That must have been chapter seven. That was nice. It was well done. Look, Danny Werfel is the quarterback for this episode. And I was. Gonna, this is what I was going to say when I was making fun of you for not knowing the, the show. Okay, You're like, when do we have to talk about sports? So what I do is in the beginning of the show, the first 30, 40 minutes, I do pre-planned bits. And I talk about the quarterback for like 15 minutes in there. And then I usually do these interviews before I even do that front part of the podcast, if I've got a guest who knows sports and we end up talking sports, I'll barely talk about the quarterback in the first 30 minute part. If I've got somebody like you who would only know sports, if we were talking about Lombardi, like the fucking Broadway show about the green Bay Packers, then I'll do all my sports talk up top so that the audience has already gotten their fill and they can just enjoy a guest who maybe isn't in that world as much. Right. So I've already got you covered. We don't have to talk about Danny Werfel, because I'm going to, at this point in the podcast, people have already have heard a lot about him. They'll know that uh, he got screwed by Redskins management in 2005. I love a good twist. It's a good twist. It's, it is, I don't know what you guys do with your anger people who don't like sports. I don't know where it goes. Um, I don't know where, I don't know what, if you're not going to yell at a 19-year-old college student for not running a fly route correctly. Do you know what I do? Where does it go?
1: Uh, I rant about restaurant businesses on podcast <laughs> by myself. I just, I i, I roast them in uh, TikTok videos where I uh, disguise myself as an employee and make fun of the business and act like it's a corporate training video. Uh, what do I do? I go off And call a friend, and that's probably how I lose a lot of friendships. Um, Yeah. uh, Violently masturbate, for sure. It comes in at some point later in the day. Like, I used to be way angrier than I am now. Like, I I get angry, but, like, not as harshly, I think, as when I was on the East Coast. So
0: Part of that's probably just the adrenaline of... Being in the, on the East Coast for and sure, particularly I mean, in, in the city, you know.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's very high strong. Uh, but I've been high strong a lot of my life, and I think that's because also my upbringing too. Because like my family's just so fucking intense, and everyone's so tense, and everyone just gets worked up over fucking nothing. And that's when I sit back and go, "It's fucking nothing. What the fuck? Like, why? why do yeah. I don't care." But like when I get frustrated now, it's just like, ugh, it's like a lot of ugh instead of what the fuck, you know? Like I don't I don't scream as much. So I think. Uh, for someone who's not like watch sports, I mean, I listen to a lot of My Chemical Romance. That helps. <laughs> I do that too. But when I see people get worked up over people wearing jerseys, I'm just like, so you didn't get to play for the team? is, but that, is that why we're upset? Here? It's
0: so not. It's so not that though.
1: A bit of it is though.
0: No, not uh, maybe. But
1: like, I, I never. Mean, diehard sports fans are. People in positions that either wanted to play in sports or be a part of sports in some capacity. Like, here's an example: my father, who I don't speak to, and he's not
0: going to listen to this. And if he does, hi. Uh, I don't talk. About <laughs> what if he goes? And if he does, please let's fix this. What if you just went into a thing? <laughs> no, don't, I don't. I don't want I to <laughs> fix something that's never going to work. Um, so,
1: he, I asked him. I remember this vividly. I was in high school. He's driving me home, and I was like because I, I, I'm I'm so passionate about acting and you know performing I never really got to my dad was always watching sports he just never really talked about himself he's just very closed off like most fathers and I was like dad like what did you want to be when you grew up like what was the thing like you were like like almost I didn't say passion but like what did you want to do He's like, I want to be the announcer for the New York Mets. And I was like, well, that's actually pretty fucking cool. That's super specific, you know, like that there's clearly a field for that to be like an announcer. And like yeah. my dad Get I remember when I watched games with my dad, he always commentate over the fucking people. I didn't need the commentators. we could have put the game on mute. And anything he said, it kind of got exciting. I will say that was one thing that made it exciting because he freak out and like flip out. And like as a coach got thrown out of a lot of games that I played. Um, and that was the one thing. I was like, oh, he could have done that. And I go, why didn't you do it? He goes, well, there's one job, so what's the point? And I'm like, well, that's not where I get my fire from.
0: Oh, my God. That's not the mentality.
1: And that was heartbreaking to know that my dad is like someone who gives up super easy when he finds out the difficulty of it. And I also found out like later on in life that my dad was spoiled a lot by my grandparents, like hard, bailed out every single time, flunked out of one college, and then- had to go move home and then go back to college. And I'm not saying like, you know, flunking out of college is like, I'm not saying like it's a bad thing, you know, like some people just aren't made for college, but like just to show that my grandparents just kept fucking bailing him out and didn't let him figure it out for himself on some yes. level.
0: <clears throat> yeah.
1: I think one of the greatest gifts it was is that my dad kind of cut us off, like not helped us out at all. And I just had to get stronger and stronger and I almost had to fight to like, and like my mom was super supportive and helped when she could, but I know she couldn't really help. And that's kind of where I got, and my mom was always like, go back to the fucking store, give them your resume. If you want to work at Champ Sports, which I did work at, go check up every week, ask them, check in with them, ask them questions about themselves, and then ask them if they got a chance to look at your resume. And I got the job. You know, it's like shit like that. And then like with my dad, I was like, wow, he's just not passionate. He doesn't really, he's not goal oriented. And all he cares about is sports and his little business that he can pull off. You know, it just, That was the sort of thing where I'm like, I feel like some piece of sports fans are like that, where it's like, oh, well, I couldn't be, or, oh, I had Tommy John, and then everything changed, you know, like, all these things kind of crawl back to, like, these people getting so passionate. I don't scream at Broadway shows. I get emotional. I I tear up when I see a moment that I'm like, man, that was really powerful performance
0: if so, so if somebody doesn't hit a note you don't go oh fuck you like in the middle of I the like opera got, house you know what i do first opera house first, <laughs> fuck. i just go like this go because like you don't here's the thing there's an for our for our audio listeners since there's no video oh, sorry. brad made a uh, funny face sorry, sorry uh
1: yeah sorry for your audio listeners i go something like this but like without the the inhaling like eric was talking about um you just kind of like, you know, you feel, you cringe. It's a lot of cringing. And Broadway etiquette, theater etiquette, you don't heckle. You clap your hands when you clap. Even if it sucks, you clap your hands. You don't give a standing O unless it deserves it. You laugh when it's appropriate. You cry when it's appropriate. I remember I saw A Bronx Tale on Broadway. And I'll say this, one of my favorite movies, not a good musical. I saw it with Mike Albanese. Do you, do you, did you meet him in New York? Yes. Yeah, so we both saw that together. He's also a big musical theater nerd. And we both like kind of looked at each other because we're like anticipating. Because like, I don't, have you seen the Bronx too?
0: Yeah, with Chaz Palminteri.
1: Right. So the N-word gets dropped a lot in the movie. Yeah. When they're kids, when they get older. So I'm like kind of sitting there being like, are they going to say the N-word in a fucking song? Like what the hell is going to happen? The entire show. It's not being said. They're saying very much to the script on some level, changing it up, obviously with the songs. And then finally gets to that one scene where in the movie where he calls the girl he likes brother, the N-word. Yeah. out of, like, the heat of passion. The entire theater just went, ooh! Like, and it was like, that was a real moment. I was like, ooh, that was appropriate. Like, that makes sense, because that was, I don't even think, I, I gave up on it at that point. By that time, like, after the first act, you didn't hear it, you're like, man, he's not gonna say it at all. And it's like, I didn't want him to, but I'm like, it was in the script, you know?
0: So what you're saying is, your favorite part of a Bronx tale is the end. No, N-word. what I'm saying is, like, <laughs> no, what I was saying is,
1: like, the passion and the audience. <laughs> The one thing I love about musicals and theater is that the audience goes off energy and rhythm, right? Yeah. With sports games, people are constantly getting up, going to get a take a get a beer, take a piss, shove nachos down your throat. Oh. We do all they do together in in games is when someone scores, everyone gets excited. Uh, when someone wins, right? That's what they get excited, and they stand for the national anthem. Those are literally, to me, the only times. And then, yeah, occasionally there's the wave. But how passionate are sports fans where the entire fucking crowd is doing the wave? Listen. And you look. hear the cheers here and there. But truly, when I watch theater, it is a, you're in that theater with a thousand people and you're on a fucking journey with everybody because everyone is feeling that. Yeah, you have a couple old dudes sleeping in the back, sure. But for about 97 to 98% of people. You're all experiencing in this present moment this performance, and if it's really fucking good, you're all like, "Man, you even start talking to people next to you." Be like, whoa, oh, fuck, that was, it's really good," you know, like, or "Oh my god," you know, you're mouthing the words because you know the show that well. Yeah, you're talking between uh, act one, being like, "Did did you expect that to happen?"
0: I so this is what I think. I'm gonna psychoanalyze you a little bit here. Sure. Um, I think you are associating negative things with sports because your father, who you don't talk to, loves mm. sports. Sure. And I think if I had a father that I didn't talk to that used to talk to me a lot about musical theater and take me to shows, yeah, you, you I'd probably be like, or... I fucking hate <laughs> musical theater. Not
1: only cats, but all of it. <laughs> all of it could go to hell. No, I think there's a part of that for sure. But I also, I wasn't like a huge sports fan even growing up. Like, I loved wrestling. I always loved performing. That was just kind of what I loved.
0: You t- you're talking about professional wrestling. Correct. Well, yeah. I mean, but th- that is an athletic It feat. is, but it's also the theater of it's sports. The theater of, it's, the, it's, it's sports entertainment. It's
1: sports entertainment,
0: not I, sports, look, sports. Look, I always tell people the way to get into sports, and this is how I got my wife into sports. Because she, she, I, I'll be honest, I'm not a big musical theater person, and, sure. and Liz is. And so just by virtue of us being together for eight, nine years is like- You see a few musicals. I've seen a bunch of musicals. I've probably seen like 40 musicals. What's and, your favorite? Hamilton was
1: great. Don't be stereotypical.
0: I'm not being stereotypical. It's, it was Hamilton
1: ama- out of the equation. Cause I said, I've seen Hamilton
0: too. It was amazing.
1: It's very good. Uh, if but I'm t- not, if I'm not, is that to me, Hamilton is the musical for people that can't watch musicals.
0: Uh, I'm going to answer your question and then move on. Because if I talk about musicals for too long, my audience will blow their brains out. <laughs> um, I saw, we saw a version here at the Pantages theater of Jesus Christ superstar that had, uh, whoever was playing, uh, Jesus and Judas mm-hmm. were, like, just these amazing singers. Oh, it's, and it, so it it, just it's felt, a
1: very difficult singing role. Yeah. It
0: felt like uh, there's this band I like called Ours, and their lead singer's name's Jimmy Necco. He kind of sounds like Bono, but with more talent. Because I don't think Bono's really that talented. I think he's just, like, become, like, a name.
1: I actually think that the bigger your glasses, the more talented you are <laughs> okay, as a right. performer.
0: So... The, the all I can say is the guy that was playing Jesus sounded exactly like Jimmy Necco from ours. And that, so that, that's was that was my favorite experience in the theater. I could name other shows, but like, that was prob- those probably those so are probably my you, two favorite. So you favorites.
1: would probably like rock operas if anything, for the most
0: part. Yeah, like I saw School of Rock and I like had a really good time. Like I like I I, I like fun musicals. Like I don't need to yeah. be like I went to go see like uh, did you see Les Mis. You would probably be depressed. I did see Les Mis. That's I thought depressing. it was stupid. I was like, just jump off the fucking bridge. Like I don't <laughs> care. Le, Le Verre, what's his name? Jover. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean Russell Crowe. It's so that. stupid. He stole like a mango and he's got to chase the dude for thirty years. And, and this is and what you I want to talk about. Holding grudges. That's this is what I don't like about musical theaters. like some Sometimes something will happen in the musical and it doesn't make any fucking sense. But we all have to sit there for 90 minutes and nod along, like, well, we're in the musical. That see, that as a sports fan, I like I want to stand up and boo. I want to be like, wait, it's a mango, that's why he's chasing boo boo (laughs) who's the guy that wrote it boo this sucks this sucks right like that that part frustrates me is you don't get to also i'm a philly fan so i like booing so like i don't i don't uh, like that you don't get to give them almost like stand-up or comedy you get to give you don't get to give immediate feedback that's also
1: why stand-ups can't stand other performers because like singers poets you know, actors will always get a round of applause even when they suck. And like, you've just seen people bomb so hard where people just go like this, like, like struggling to get a clap because they're like, what the fuck was that? I think there's also a bit of animosity towards that as well. Maybe. For sure. There is no, maybe you just said, Oh, I want to boo them. It's like, yeah, because you've been booed before at some point in your career. Of course. Why wouldn't
0: you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I used to get really upset when people would heckle and now I'm like, no, I'm saying sometimes I'm saying things that are upsetting, and if they yeah, have and, and if they heckle, there there's a there's a protocol for that. I'm yeah. gonna say something back, and sometimes people I think they're heckling and they're not. They're just going like, "What did you say?" Like like sometimes like there just needs to be a clarification. Yeah, like
1: I, you're too drunk for me to understand.
0: Yeah, like so it's not it's not like every heckler needs to get their head chopped off. And there's something fun about, like, if you have stand-up where, in my case, like, half the time I'm calling the audience pussies and yelling at them. (laughs) Like, I do have...
1: Someone's going to fight back. Someone's going to
0: fight back, and I'm not... Sometimes I like it when I get a reaction that isn't a laugh. Like, sometimes that's the point, you know? Like, I'm setting up something bigger that's coming. So, yeah, I'd say, like, generally speaking, I'm I'm not... I think there's a value to the immediate feedback, and that's why I like stand-up, and honestly, why I like sports a little bit more. But I will say this, this is what, what I want, the point I wanted to get True. to Sorry. of how you would get into sports and it's to remove the team aspect from it and the Jersey that you're watching and you just learn about one player and his struggle to get on the team. And that's what I did with Liz is like when we'd go watch a Royals game, there was this guy, Johnny G of And he was like, he was in the minor leagues for like eight or nine years. Like, fucking toiling, toiling, toiling. No one giving a shot. Everybody likes likes to struggle. And and then, like, we went to a game and he hit a home run.
1: Sure. And I feel like that's a bit of, like, the giving, like, Liz, like, a storyline. So I kind of understand from, like, a theater perspective. I'm like, oh, that makes it so interesting. Like, oh, they struggled so much. There's an arc. There's an arc to what they're doing. yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think that definitely plays into that where I think with, we're so used to it, you know, theater, film, whatever, you know, everyone's got a story. And everyone who plays on that field has some kind of fucking story. I get that. Yeah, I just, just hate it.
0: No, no, <laughs> it, it, no.
1: It just it, it Sometimes it's not that interesting to me. Yeah, I think honestly, the the times that I actually really like sports is when it's in playoff time to the championship time, like those, because I think it's when there's more stakes. Yeah. Like for for example, baseball. There's a hundred fucking blah 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 amount of games. I'm like, all right, buddy, hit me up when it's, like, fucking 30 games to go and, like, you guys really have something to work for because at the end of the day, it just becomes exhibition until that point. This
0: is what baseball is, though. Baseball is, this is the way you have to frame it, and this is the way, and I love baseball. Baseball is watching people work. It's like if your friend had a job in an office and you were just like, hey, this Monday, I'm just going to come stare at you sitting at your desk for three hours, like, eating lunch, texting, oh, no, wait, going yeah, to take a dump. It's for sure. You're just. It's like pure people watching. And then sometimes someone hits a home run. Sometimes there's an exciting play at the plate. But usually you're just watching like outfielders scratch their nuts. And there's something like, I mean, I used to do that all the time in New York. Like I'm sure you did too, where you just go to a park and you just hang out. And you just watch people fucking yeah. walk around. They're not doing anything. But you're like, it's fascinating to just see how people act when they don't
1: well, you get a lot of, you get a lot of inspiration from that too creatively is yeah. when you
0: see other people when you go on. And I think that's the
1: the hardest part of, and to get off topic is the, and I, to your point before we I even go off topic, I'll just say this. I appreciate that. And I think you're right. And I don't think I, I like blood gudgingly hate sports because my father. I think there's a piece of that for sure, but it just, it doesn't keep me as rounded. You know, I'm just like, eh, you know, like, you yeah. know, I feel like this is not exciting until there's like some kind of thing on the line. And that doesn't happen towards the end of the season. And then there's something to look forward to. I like watching the Super Bowl. I like watching the World Series. I like watching the NBA championships, you know? Uh, I even loved hockey. Hockey was one of my favorite sports to watch because it's just it's so great. Constantly action it's like the action movie of fucking sports cuz there's constantly something happens, someone's getting fucked up people are screaming slamming on the glass like it's it's great there's just so much happening but
0: there's also the ice capades it's like if you're watching the ice capades oh yeah it's like if and then if, if, two if, people start beating the shit out of each exactly. other
1: exactly and that's what make would make the ice capades way more interesting honestly if there was more blood um,
0: <laughs> they should have fighting in all sports For I sure Like I, feel I like think they should let
1: baseball players fight Because I think they're so tired and frustrated Of staring at each other for fucking nine innings They're like you know what can I just punch this dude in the face
0: I was saying this on some other dude's podcast recently But like Baseball like the code in baseball Is like if somebody like hits a home run And stares at it for too long is like the next time he gets up to bat The pitcher throws a hundred mile an hour fastball At his fucking head And it's like like to to teach him a lesson And it's like that's like so dangerous. Yeah. Versus in hockey, they just go like if somebody does something fucked up, the next time they're both on the ice, they fight each they other. Just, they, they look at each other. They go gloves, and they drop their gloves. <laughs> gloves. gloves. <And> they <laughs> fight, yeah. and it's and then when it, that when the fight is done, it's over. They go to the penalty box. They have their little. They sit down. Out. They
1: have a little little icing, a little have, me, little me time. A little, have a little Powerade, <laughs> cool off, and then they get back to the game. And they're like, "What was I mad about?" <laughs> Exactly, and then they look for the puck again. There's, you know, like fucking like rodents.
0: They're love, like looking for cheese. I love how that's how you describe hockey is. They look for the puck like rodents I, with I, cheese. I, it's a it's a hilarious. I know, way to, I know. It's, it's very much a, a sport
1: not game. sports person. But what I was going back to, um, <laughs> they look for
0: the puck, <laughs> and um, then they they try to t- t- toss it to their friend. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like lacrosse. Who then places it in the basket, and the most baskets wins. It's cool, man. Uh, here's the thing. I I respect it. I like this this all started with me saying, What do you do with your anger? But we really just decided where your anger comes from.
1: <laughs> which oh, was mean, it,
0: which was your childhood. Yeah, no, it's that's is. all of us.
1: No, for sure. And um, what I was gonna say is like the pandemic alone, the stretch of creativity to figure out what you're creative at, like really put you in a fucking box and be like, Okay, here are your options, adapt. You know, I feel like we saw a lot of people fucking crushing under pressure with that. Sure, Try to pull something out of your ass and figure out how you can stay relevant during this time. Can you figure out a way to blow up during this time? Or just
0: blow up is one thing, but even just like stay staying creative. Like that's yeah. Everybody know I've said it a million times, but this podcast for me was that. Like three months into the pandemic, I started doing it and was like, oh, it's kind of like I'm doing stand up. It's not the same thing, but I'm getting to express myself. I'm getting to interact with people. And, you know, it's like, uh, if anything, now I'm like, as things open back up, I'm like, how the fuck am I going to have time to do all the things I was doing before and still keep this like... Yeah. This fun thing that I've found in the last nine months.
1: And also, I think that that was the the thing where someone, I forgot who got on my case about it when I told them, like, yeah, I'm not really doing stand up anymore. Like, I haven't done it. In, you know, Might a have career. been me
0: because I don't know why you're not doing stand up. You're a hilarious comic. I appreciate and that. And you that, can that, do it in conjunction <laughs> with other things, and there's no reason to quit. And I just, I it was definitely me.
1: It's probably you, but no, but there were other few that did ask me, and I was like, ah, you know, I don't, I just wasn't feeling. It. I just also felt kind of empty coming off stage, you know. I just didn't feel anything that I was feeling before, and I just, that's my cue usually. Be like, gotta switch it up, you know. Gotta, and again, I wouldn't say stand up's gone forever. Like again, I do this podcast, and that's what I was gonna say. My podcast, only even, farts, only farts. If you haven't listened to it, Patreon.com/slash Only Farts. Uh, if you How's ha- that
0: Patreon going by the way? Oh, horrible. Um <laughs> <laughs> you fucking asshole. Tell the good people. Uh
1: $5. There you, we
0: go, yeah. baby. $5, baby. $5 for
1: Patreon. Help me pay for my basically my pod bean subscription. That's all I need you to do. <laughs> um so with the with the podcast, I mean I'm going solo. I've really had a guest. My um my whole thing is like, you know, I'm basically doing stand up by myself. I'm just trying to figure out things that kind of annoy me a little bit talk about it, make myself laugh and make jokes about shit. It's the same fucking thing. I'm just searching for jokes. Yeah. Cause I like talking. I like doing radio esque things. It was always fun for me. I'd yeah. rather be in front of the camera, but if I can do anything to keep myself creative, it's 30 minutes once a week talking about my week in a funny way, you know, trying to figure out something funny about it to make myself laugh. Cause if I can't be around people all the fucking time, cause LA is tough to like hang out with people when you can. And it's like, all right, well, I'll figure out a way to make myself laugh. Enjoy my time. I don't have a fucking lot of hobbies besides cooking and making videos and making my girlfriend happy and, you know, traveling here and there. But like, I don't have like, like, you you meet people who are just like, I love to do this. And I'm like, yeah, I don't have like a hobby like that where I can just do it like all the time with a fucking flick of the wrist. I like being creative. I don't like sitting down and sewing or doing puzzles or playing video games. Like my friends love that shit. I'm like, I can't even play video games that long cuz like my attention span won't last. I'm like I can't, I get over it fast.
0: I wonder if I don't know Liz's Liz does cross stitch. I wonder if she's going to barrel out of the bedroom and strangle you for saying cross stitch isn't creative because maybe she would agree she might agree with you. I think it's I, my, I think it's mind numbing in the way of like it keeps you busy.
1: It's fun like you like there's something to there's something you're building towards. Yes. I'm not saying it's not creative in the way of like I look at it like my hobbies are just like traditionally creative things like I love acting, I love comedy, I love making videos, I love writing when I when I really am passionate about it. But like I don't have a whole lot of things that I Time know. filling stuff. Mine is more of like again, like you were talking about, like it's the drop of the hat, it's the night before pressure that you build towards something. You know, you feel like you're really pushing yourself to the limit. Like I wrote my pilot, timing it out, basically writing it every day until I left LA left for LA. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I have to leave New York with the pilot. That was my goal. And it put so much pressure on me to make something, even though I didn't have anything, you know, like I didn't have a meetings lineup or anything. I just wanted to come with something. And I do so much better when I give myself a deadline or I get worked up if nobody's meeting these invisible ones that I create.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I feel the same way. I mean, even just this podcast drops on Tuesday night at 2 a.m. Like that's the ideal time to drop a podcast, I guess. So that's what I do. Joe Rogan handbook. Joe Rogan handbook. Uh, chapter one is drop your podcast that's on like Tuesday. 2, uh, 2 a.m. Um, and chapter two is have all your podcasts be 87 hours long and then hide sure. them hide them on Spotify.
1: Absolutely. Uh, so what chapter do you make $180 million on? <laughs> That's my question.
0: Chapter 189. No, like, I get excited. Like, the the morning that I'm working towards releasing the podcast, I'm usually Mm -hmm. uh, finalizing some editing, or I'm doing some, like, I'll, like, plan the promotions for the week on, like, the Monday or the Sunday or the Monday before I release an episode. Which you're going to be putting on reels, I hope. I will be putting them on reels, yeah. Let's not get into the business talk of Instagram. But, yes, I will be doing that. But, like, That feeling of and it drops in an hour. It drops in thirty minutes. I'm like, now it's loaded up. Okay, I'm just waiting for the two a.m. and I'll see it pop up on my phone. I'm hard as a rock, baby. I'm like, this is what this is what we play for. Like, I I get very in the zone. And it's two o'clock in the morning. Like, I don't. It's I always stay up late, even if I've already done all the work. Mm -hmm. I stay up to watch the podcast load, and I'm like, now Mm -hmm. it's up. Great, I can go to bed. Wow. Do you feel that way about only farts? Um. (laughs) (laughs) Don't, you can't, I feel like with the name only farts, it's really hard to have a serious poignant answer after I asked (laughs) you a question. You were like, I said like, do you feel that way about only farts? And you sat back in your chair, like fucking Abraham Lincoln talking about the Gettysburg address.
1: Well, in my my day. um, It's called only farts, dude. I know, I know. (laughs) <laughs> Honestly, no, but I do enjoy only farts as like an exercise almost like, cause listen, I don't have people hitting me up being like, I love your podcast and shit. I'm not having that because i am also, I'm starting from scratch. No one really knows if I'm actually starting an OnlyFans or have a podcast called only farts. Like there's like a lot of misconception and there are some people who just see it as a funny clip that comes up on their Instagram when it does well on reels. Yeah. I don't get a lot of traffic, foot traffic going in there. Unless they're, like, really diehard for me, they'll, like, go to the fucking link in my bio and show that, like, all five episodes of Only Farts is up. You know? It's on YouTube. It's on Spotify. For some reason, it's not on iTunes. won't fucking go on there for it some reason. It takes
0: a couple episodes to come up. Sure. Um, and also, the title is Only Farts. Sure. And it's, so, it and might
1: be- there's nothing derogatory about that. You might be violating is my fucking shit gonna be offended that there's a podcast <laughs> called only farts, Why not only shits?
0: You you're, know you're really yeah you're really uh, really culturally li- appropriating shit For sure <laughs> as I should. Or more or less,
1: I'm downplaying uh, an entire business model for a lot of females on the internet.
0: Do a lot of ladies poop for money? Oh, I was gonna
1: say only fans in general. Oh, okay. I got you. You know, I'm making fun of an entire fucking platform. Maybe it's a copyright issue. I don't know.
0: I don't know if I really understand the difference between OnlyFans Mm -hmm. and Patreon. They seem Uh, like the same thing. Okay,
1: so there's a bit of a difference. With Patreon, you limit it based off the monthly subscription, right? With OnlyFans, there's one subscription, right? It's like the monthly. Patreon, there's different tiers. OnlyFans... You can see certain posts, and they're like, well, if you want to see this video or this picture, I know this because I've gone onto OnlyFans. They're like, okay, pay this price. There's a paywall behind certain posts. We're on Patreon, not as much. It's like, if you have $5, this is what you're entitled to. If you have $10, this is what you're entitled to. Everyone can get the, everyone pays the $10 for the OnlyFans, but you want to watch me get fucked by another person? Well, that's going to cost you an additional $25 just for this post because I made it customized. I didn't have a whole team doing this. This was me, myself, and the other person that wanted to be fucking me, you know? Yeah. That sort of thing. So it's this personalized content, whereas Patreon is like this planned, almost like a TV show or a, a, like a premium, like a SiriusXM pers- like subscription if we're going to really reference something. Yeah. You know? You're paying for a service. Same with, you know, this type of porn or fandom, whatever. You know? You're paying for something. You're paying extra for those little somethings, whereas Patreon is like, okay, you can get the episodes, maybe a sketch a week. I do a Q&A with you guys uh, once a week, you know, all these sort of fucking gimmicks. That's why yeah. they're paying more money. They're paying for more of you.
0: Uh, you've kind of sold me on maybe having a death only fans.
1: I think it's a fucking hilarious concept, and I think you're stupid for not doing it. <laughs> I really think it's super out there, and it's super specific. That no one would
0: ever see that. And it Probably. has to be like, it has to be, because the things I would personalize, that could be like, I'll tell you how you're going to die. All You could tell me which way you want me to tell you. Do you want it in a sexual tone? Do you want, you want it in want to... a sexual tone? Well, What would be funny is then I would do, I'll give you a sexual tone and I'll give you a matter of fact tone. bro, And then how... it's the same tone.
1: Yeah, that's funny. Would it be really <laughs> so funny if you like lit a bunch of candles, but it's in a seance, but it's like, and then you like lay across in the fucking rope thingy. And they're going to be like, hey, Marissa. Looks like you're gonna die soon. Mm. Looks like it's saying here that you're uh, gonna get into a car accident. Better watch out next week. Thanks for subscribing. And then just like that's it. Like it's a yeah. whole fucking video. I haven't. even have
0: an idea for a podcast for death, where it's just weekly warnings with death. Oh, sick! And well, it's just being like, what's Paul, the
1: studio, studio going to be like for that? <laughs> Are you going to do it in the cemetery? I'll
0: have like I'll have like a little sheet of paper I pull down to go in front of my bring in the backup uh,
1: studio. Yeah, very, very uh, old-school elementary school. There like would
0: it. be zero video for that because the process of getting in that fucking death makeup is such a pain in the ass. And the reason I would ev- even do a podcast or the reason I started a death Twitter page a couple months ago is because it's a way to put out death content without having to smear makeup on my face and then spend an hour taking it off, which is just a huge... It's such a time commitment and like I want to keep the death character like alive in the ether Mm -hmm. in some way but I don't want to keep having to fucking dress up. Besides the career advice that we've been giving each other, what
1: other questions did you have for me? I don't have any any questions. I thought you said you had some prepared questions for me.
0: Yeah, no, I was like joking about how... Unprepared, we both are for this
1: podcast. Oh, what
0: would I do? We're friends. What would I? What would I
1: ask you I don't about? Know what the fuck? You, first of all, you're like, it's my audience. My audience wouldn't like that. What do? You, what your audience <laughs> like besides sports? <laughs> I can. You know what I can give you? I can give you the top things you should be eating while you're watching a football game from home and or in the stadium. Quick list: three things. Here we go. <clears throat> if you're at home, wings are a must for football. If there's no wings. If you're a ranch person, I think you're a psychopath. I think ranch is sour and gross. Blue cheese all day. All right. It's chunky. It gathers around the wing properly. You get a little taste of cheese with the chicken. It's a little bit of the bitterness with the hot. It's great. It's a fucking great contrast.
0: I have to stop you here, and it's because I'm re- I'm remembering that I have a pet peeve that I, I struggle with. Oh, was that? Which is when people describe food, I want I want to murder them, and and you and your and I want to say this too. That's part of the reason I liked your chef asshole videos so much when you were, like, making the food is because you were, like, you were really leaning into the crunching and the sound almost to, like... I felt like it was almost like you were, like, in stereo doing a thing that was my pet peeve, but it was so in my face that it was making me yeah. laugh at how much it annoyed me. Yeah, I mean, like, so whatever I I kind of hate-watch your stuff.
1: Oh, for sure. And I think that also when I did uh, the Zoom and Bites thing, like... Yes. I always hated how like they would be so overproud of themselves and it looked fake as fuck. It almost like, can we do this another take? I feel like we didn't believe that I like this. (laughs) I told somebody, because somebody asked me this once ago, "Uh, is there an episode where you didn't like what you made? I go, there's definitely an episode where you can figure out that I either redid the take or like I was kind of overcompensating the liking for what I created. But there are episodes where you're like, wow, you genuinely love that. Like the... um, The one where I surprised myself the most, I think, was when I made the uh, the crunch wrap. That was like holy it was like shit! A, it was like a Jewish Jewish crunch wrap. Yeah. It was the yeah the Jewish crunch wrap supreme with the the brisket. That was phenomenal. Also, the Italian Cuban that I made. I remember that one too. Oh my god! But like when I say like oh fuck yeah! I'm doing that. Obviously, like, I'm overdoing it on purpose. But like yeah. it does taste good. But like there was one episode I did the Guy Fieri barbecue chicken sandwich And the first take I bit in Forgot to take the sticker off the tomato And I just ate plastic Ugh. And I felt it, it was, And I fucking spat it out Grossly moved it off a plate And then went for a second bite And all I could think about the entire time Was like I'm going to bite into another sticker And I couldn't enjoy the sandwich It was not that good unfortunately Oh no
0: well, now, now that now now our fans know the behind the scenes of the yeah, chef Yeah, that's a little videos. bit of that. I mean, I mean, we will direct people. By the way, we will direct you guys in the YouTube comments or the uh, Apple Podcast notes to for the chef asshole videos. Because even though you're not making them, they they you they exist in the world where they can be like for posterity's sure. sake and possibly picked up at a later date. It's, I hope uh, it's chef a hole on YouTube actually because you can't write chef asshole youtube uh dot com slash,
1: slash a, chef a hole and then um uh for me it's just i think i've been focusing a lot is tiktok damn it underscore brad if you have a tiktok by any weird chance sounds like your audience is old
0: um they're not that old they're just i think my audience is mostly <coughs> my audience is mostly uh other people's podcasts that i've gone on Which is fine. They're (laughs) fans. They're they're still listening. They're fans. Exactly.
1: Don't downplay the fact that they found you through the people they like and they trust them.
0: A friend of mine was making fun of uh, my audience as like QAnon people or something. I don't know why. It was like somebody commented on my Twitter some conspiracy thing. And uh, I was like, bro, I have fans. Like the fact that you said like your fan, I was like... Whatever insult you think is coming after that. You said fans. You said fans. Like, the fact that there's anybody who, like, looks forward to this sh- Like, no no joke, 15 people in Indiana, Brad. I don't know anybody in Indiana. Who the fuck is listening in Indiana?
1: I just assumed your whole vibe might have been Indiana, but maybe. But, but like, but I, who did
0: I, I didn't tell anybody in Indiana to listen
1: you just need one person with a piece of paper to start putting it around the coffee shop in the neighborhood. I you think, think that's good. what happened? Yeah, I think so.
0: I think like one guy was like, there was like a Hoosiers watch party at a bar. That's what they <laughs> and do so in Indiana. Like, what's it's that like, sticker
1: on like, your wall? be like, it's actually this podcast bringing the backups. <laughs> this this angry guy from LA, he's great.
0: <laughs> this guy working through his rage issues, man. That's what I'm, that's what I'm working on.
1: Uh, but yeah, the TikTok is the big one. Damon underscore Brad for that. <clears throat>
0: Jesus. Take an, take this will be your final sip of water well, there's like, and, and there's, there's not literally
1: a, nothing in here and I feel like you're when you when, it. when
0: you do that move as he's dr- drinking that little sip of water you pick up a glass you've already started the motion of drinking there's nothing in there do you still just pretend like you get the rest of it or do you just put it back down and not bother you surprise
1: yourself sometimes there's a little bit of like drops that seep to the bottom and that's what I'm looking for a little bit of something
0: yeah I feel like it's more like uh. The the motion of like picking up the drink and then just putting it back down without taking it to your lips, you would have to not have a lot of uh, social compliance. I think people feel when they go that far, they're like, I'll just pretend like I'm drinking something even though I'm not. Do you
1: know what the worst is, is when you blindly try to drink out of like a Starbucks cup and then you you don't even get like the actual opening? you would like put your mouth around the plastic, <laughs> but it's not like the opening
0: to the coffee. So you don't get anything. You just you, pour coffee on the bridge of your yeah, nose. Yeah. It just goes into your eye. I don't drink coffee, man. I wouldn't know. I stay away from, I stay away from drugs. Oh, oh, sorry. Drugs are bad.
1: Let me guess. You think you're better than everyone who's <laughs> listening because you don't drink coffee. That's cute. That's really cute.
0: <laughs> I don't think. I'm. What's your other advice
1: there, buddy? Cause you know, candy. Be, I was going to say candy, mm-hmm. gluten-free bread, candy, clearly. gluten-free
0: bread. <laughs> Uh, no, I smoke weed and stuff. Like I do drugs. I just, some something about coffee, it gets me, it, it almost gets me like too amped. Like I don't like the feeling of being that alert. I fucking love it.
1: Cause I don't, yeah. here's the thing, I don't like pills of any kind. I don't like Adderall. I don't like any of that shit. Like I don't like, I don't like taking basic medicines. Have you taken
0: Adderall before though?
1: I have once. Yeah. It was, uh, in, uh, when I was in college, me and my sister drove home from our college back to Florida, from Connecticut to Florida and we stopped at Richmond overnight And the next morning, wake up. She literally like a drug dealer. My sister puts it on the table. She has the big black coffee, which I do like. And then she just puts the the I think it's called Vivrant or um, something with a V. One of them on the table. She goes, "You could decide one or the other. You could take the pill, or you could drink coffee." I was like, "What's that?" She goes, "That's my Adderall." And I'm gonna let you have it, but you're not drinking coffee if you take it. And I'm like, "Why?" She goes. Trust me, just don't drink coffee if you're gonna take this. I was like, okay, let's see the magic pill. Five straight hours was just like I like just fucking yeah, you, like, like just just I fucking
0: was, drove to Montreal yeah, and then I back. to back, <laughs> I, was say, I went back <laughs> up to Canada, came back
1: down to Jacksonville, made a pit stop. <laughs> no, I, I uh I nearly went four hours straight and then I like crashed hard. Cause I think it fucking hits you like a rock. And then we had to stop. We switched, you know, she drove the rest of the way, but like I crashed for like an hour. I was fucking out of it I was like holy shit I didn't like that at all the come down you're exhausted from Adderall
0: dude so what I did is my freshman year um my freshman year first exams or whatever mm-hmm. it was all my gen ed classes I took Adderall for like a week and studying Jesus Christ! and I fucking got straight a's <laughs> I had like a 4.0 for my freshman year and then, like afterwards, I like I was so tired. I remember I like I passed out and peed my pants. And I was like, I don't ever want to do that. This. this is not worth the straight A's. Oh my god! Well, how long have we been going, by the way? 14 hours. No, we're at an hour and eight minutes. We should probably stop. Tell the people. won't well, I know you. We started to yeah. end it like 20 minutes ago. Very quickly, give them your social media tags. So they know where to find you.
1: Uh, at damn it, Brad. D a m n i t b r a d. On Instagram, Chef Asshole. On Instagram, YouTube.com slash Chef A-Hole. My podcast is Only Farts. It is on Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio. Uh, not iTunes yet, uh, so don't go there. And pager.com slash Only Farts. Only
0: Farts. To hear yeah, that's you. Say. That's say. <laughs> that's how I end
1: every podcast. I go, all right, thanks everybody. Bye.
0: That's how you should advertise a podcast called Only Farts. It was good having you on the podcast, dude. You thank been, you for you, having me on. I like you've been giving me shit for not having you on for a long time. Well, because you kept bringing it up, and then just like, you know, you just had oh, no, you e-
1: were it, it was infuriating seeing more episodes <laughs> of other people. And I'm like, this motherfucker <laughs> to say I'll have you on. It's been the fucking LA move. Well, you, like, suppo- yeah, you totally do my thing. You, you
0: were supposed to do the podcast like the fourth week, and then you like something happened right before we left, and that's yes, why that's why yeah. it got pushed back. Yeah. And then I was like, let's do it virtual and you were like, fuck you, you fucking virtual hack. I do in person. You gave well, me Well, I was
1: already well, I was already vaccinated so I was You gave
0: saying, me a But the, this was earlier. You were like, you didn't want to you did not well, want to do a you virtual You told podcast. me why you
1: couldn't be meeting in person. Because so you, you were looking out for your family. Like, I mean, I'm just going to just come over.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's yeah, fair. Don't okay. fucking make
1: that like Listen. that. I knew there was a reason I couldn't come over. I meant like I don't want to do it on Zoom. You I'd can say that part. Oh I was saying like Because you know You're looking for Liz Yeah Liz is immunocompromised Yeah well that's what I'm saying I wanted to not be I wasn't being disrespectful with that I was like Just let me know when I can do it And it's comfortable Yeah, yeah I want to do it in person I want to fucking talk to you Zoom podcasts are fucking rough
0: man See so I feel like now we're Now we're We're making up We're like We're like the Mark Maron Louis podcast Like we're, we're I just, just feel like When
1: you yell at me About
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks About for, not
1: listening to your bad podcast You know Bad
0: podcast. I'm kidding. Uh, uh, this is this was great. This is the best episode I've done, and uh, <laughs> you're you're a good friend. I can't
1: fucking take you seriously. The good
0: friend part, I hopefully I'll take serious. <laughs> All right, buddy. Look, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for doing the show. Love you. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. If you'd like to support us, visit erichelwig.com, where you can follow on social media, join the newsletter, visit the merch store, or email me directly. If you're on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, rate us five stars and write a review. If not, just subscribe from your preferred podcast platform. Lastly, if you know someone who would enjoy our content, please tell them about the show. That's erichelwig.com for all things backups, and we'll see you on the next episode.